Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Isaiah 44, 2, Thus saith the Lord that made thee inform thee from the womb, which will help thee, fear not, O Jacob, my servant. Isaiah 46, 28, Fear thou not, O Jacob, my servant, saith the Lord, for I am with thee. I will make a full end of all nations, whither I have driven thee, but I will not make a full end of thee. So, I don't get it. He says no more. He, he did this with Jake, uh, Abraham, didn't he? He changed his name. He changed his name in Genesis 17, 5. Use the same words. Neither shall thy name anymore, no more, be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For our father of many nations have I made thee. From that point on, when God said that in Genesis 17, 5, God never called Abraham Abram again but that's not the case with Jacob. So if when God changed Abraham's name in Genesis 17, 5 to Abraham, and using the same words as he's doing here in verse 28, when he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, and God never called Abraham by his old name Abram again, why does he still call him by his old name Jacob? When he said no more, why does he keep doing that? What's your thinking? I mean, I've led you up to the answer. (laughs) he's acting like Jacob he's not acting like Israel but Jacob is still acting like Jacob oh I'm shocked (laughs) it's much later it's interesting when you get to it we're going to get to it in Genesis 35 verses 2 through 4 where it says, then said Jacob unto his household and all that were with him put away the strange gods that'd be the idols That are among you, and be clean and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I'll make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears. I want you to get the image here of value. And Jacob, what did he do? He hid them, (laughs) he hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. Okay, and then in verse 10 of Genesis 35, and God said unto him, thy name is Jacob. Wait a minute, you'd say this name's not gonna be called Jacob anymore. No, I'm sorry. Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob. Didn't you hear me the first time? But Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. So Jacob knew that his family was harboring idols. And he asked them all to get rid of them. And they handed them all to Jacob, handed over. Now, what should he have done with those idols and earrings? Should have burned them. (laughs) That's what fire's for, right? But what did he do with them? I'm just going to, there's a lot of valuable stuff here. There's an oak tree over here. I'll hide them. 
You never know. I might have to come back, sell a few idols. Who cares, right? Gold's valuable. Let's not be hasty here. That's not Israel who hid those idols. Israel would have burned those idols. That was Jacob who hid those idols. And when God saw him do that, he said in verse 10, thy name is Jacob. <laughs> and thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. He calls the name Israel. So God's saying to Jacob, when I saw you hide those idols, I had to say, oh, his name is still Jacob. <laughs> you know? I don't want you to be Jacob anymore hiding idols. I want you to be Israel. I want to call you Israel. You should have burned him. Israel would have burned him. See, that's what goes on. And sometimes Jacob, he did act like Israel, and he was called Israel like when he was about to die. And he was going to give the blessings on his sons. He was called Israel in Genesis 47. We'll come to it. 47, 29. See, we're going to come to it. I'm sounding like Donald Trump. We're going to do this, you know. (laughs) Anyway, Genesis 47, 29, it says, And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. So just like with Jacob, God wants to call Jacob by his new name Israel, but Jacob keeps acting like the old nature He keeps letting the bad person act out, and so he calls him Jacob, and God tells him, stop. In the same way, God wants to call us by our new name, Christian. But when we keep acting like our old nature, God cannot, and we frustrate God, just like Jacob frustrated God. But that's where the power of this verse gets very personal in verse 27. Going back up to that verse, that's where there's a power in his question, what is thy name? Every time we feel inside that we're not acting like a Christian, we should turn to this verse and verse 27 and let God ask that question to us. What's your name right now? What's your name right now as you're in the middle of doing what you're doing? Is your name carnal or Christian? And God has to continually ask this question in verse 27. What's thy name? Because Jacob has two persons inside of him, one named Jacob, one named Israel. And sometimes his name was Jacob, and sometimes his name was Israel. We have two persons inside of us, one named carnal, one named Christian. Sometimes our name is carnal, and sometimes our name is Christian. Jacob was Jacob by birth, but he was Israel by grace. And the same is true for us. We all have this Jacob person inside of us, and we all have an Israel person inside of us, and, and sometimes one's called sin, as, as, as Paul said in Romans 7.20. Now, if I do what I do not, it's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So, of the two persons inside of us, who controls? Who controls? Who acts out? We do. That's why we're told in Philippians 2.12.13, Wherefore, my beloved as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's God that works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God in you that's going to enable you, but your responsibility is to who you're going to allow work out. But now, God gives to Jacob a new name, and the new name is represented by the new character, the new, represented by the name Israel. See, Jacob's new life is represented by his new name Israel. Now, there's two meanings. It's interesting. There's two meanings that you can see in the word Israel. Israel, as you see from the context here, prince with God. That comes from taking the name Israel and breaking it into three parts. I, <laughs> Sar, and El, okay? I, 
It's short for im, im, which in Hebrew is with, like im manuel. God with us. God, God, our togetherness with God. So with is im, i. Sar means prince in, in Hebrew, like sar shalom, prince of peace. And el is God. So i, with, sar, prince, el, God, prince with God. Is, sar, i, sar, el, prince God, prince with God. So from what God said, this meaning is borne out in the rest of, of verse 28. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men. So this name, with this name, God says to Jacob, you know, I knight and crown you, <laughs> Sir Israel, prince with God. Okay. So this meaning of this word, Israel, emphasizes Jacob's position with God. Just like we could say the words of John 1.12, as many as received him, to them gave he the power, the authority, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Or Galatians 3.26, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So Jacob, he got his new relationship of prince with God, represented by the name Israel, when his thigh is put out of joint, and when he loses his strength in this wrestling match, and then and he got God instead. That was good. And Abraham gave up his son Isaac on the altar of sacrifice, and Abraham got God. And Isaac gave up his preference for Esau, and then when he blessed him knowingly, and he got God. So we can see with this word Israel, the meaning prince with God, it's great because when you think of this, just keeping this meaning, prince with God, it's really got five sides to it. It's like a diamond. You turn it, you get a beautiful new reflection out of it. And there's five wonderful sides. And these five wonderful sides you see by replacing one word in that phrase. Prince with God. With a, another, what does that mean? It has, means a special position or an inside connection, you know, with God. The same is true of us in Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brethren, we have boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. We have a special connection, right? So prince with God is a special a position or connection with God. Now, we can pl- take that word out with and plug in the word alongside, you know, alongside is one word, you know. Did you know that? You know, you could, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Prince alongside God. What is that? That emphasizes a special companionship with God, an intimate partnership with God, enjoying all the Emmanuel parts of God. In other words, like it says in Hebrews 13, 5, he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's alongside God. Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That's an alongside God. Isaiah 41, 10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. That's an alongside God. So we've got with, we've got alongside. Now we plug it out and we put in another word of, prince of God. See, and that emphasizes to us, Jacob didn't invent that title or that position of Israel. He didn't wake up under day and he says, you know what, I think I'll change my name to Israel. And it didn't, he didn't take it. It was given to him by God. He was a prince from God, prince of God. See, as believers, our title, our position as sons, it didn't originate with us. When we believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we were, as we mentioned this John 1.12 verse, we were given authority to become the sons of God. Okay, of. Now we plug out that word of, and we plug in the word for. Prince for God, in the sense that 
Jacob is an ambassador for God in this world. That makes Jacob a prince for God. See, the same is true for us in 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Okay, now we take out that word again, and we plug in the word in. Prince in God. In the sense that Jacob will now find all of his strength all of his direction, all of his protection, all of his comfort, everything in God. And the same is true of us, as stated in John 15, 5. I am the vine, the Lord Jesus said. You are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So Jacob was a prince with God, a prince alongside God, a prince of God, a prince for God, and a prince in God. Now, that's looking at it from God's perspective. Okay, I knight you, Sir Israel, you know, prince with God, okay. Now we can look at the name of Israel with a different meaning, which is also borne out, a different meaning from what God said, from God's point of view, he says that. And now we can look with a new position, okay, now we can take a look, another way to look at the name of Israel. That's from what Jacob said, or from Jacob's point of view, which is how Jacob sees God. Jacob said what his great experience was there in, in uh, verse 30. The great experience, he said, I have seen God face to face. That's a great experience. I have seen God face to face. So what Jacob was struck with in this place was that he saw God. And with that in mind, there's an alternate meaning for the word Israel, which would break down the name in a little bit of a different way. See, is could stand for ish, which means man. And ra, uh, which mean, that means in Hebrew, saw, and el means God. So Is-ra-el means man saw God. So so I-e-sar-el, that that means prince with God. That's from God's perspective. But Is-ra-el is Jacob stating the wonder of it all that happened to him. See, this was a life-changing experience for Jacob when he saw God. He saw God. We see God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Same is true for us. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts, not in our eyes, shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know, this last week, I I think I told you the story. I believe I did. I don't remember. But anyway, I, I think I told you that years ago, maybe eight years ago, my friend John and I from work, we were in Heathrow Airport coming back from Ethiopia, and so I was sitting there, and there was this Orthodox rabbi sitting all alone eating potato chips, you know, all alone. Anyway, and so I looked over at him, and I said, John, I'm going to go talk to him. And John says to me, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> I said, yeah, I really do, you know. So the way, in Jewish culture, the way you kind of sort of like, there's, there's two ways you get to know somebody in, in Jewish culture. You either joke with them or argue with them, you know, one of the two. <laughs> and so, okay, I'm not going to go argue with them. So I, I go up in a very Talmudic, you know, Talmud means it's, it's like I'm a student, you know, very Talmudic way. I go over there and say, excuse me, rabbi, you know, and he gives me this very, you know, rabbi position of, yes, my son, you know. 
And so, you know, I say to him, very serious face, I say, a question, and he goes, are those potato chips bacon flavored? <laughs> but I didn't laugh. I kept a solid face, you know, very sincere, pious, you know. And um, he's thinking about it. <laughs> he says, bacon flavored? And then I couldn't stop her laughing, you know. So <laughs> we became the best of friends. You know, we talked for many hours, about seven hours, and on the trip back to New York. And anyway, so last week, I don't remember, no, it was about a month ago, he is, um, has a, a position in a high school in Mir Sharim. Mir Sharim is the ultra-Orthodox area of Jerusalem. You drive there on Saturday, don't expect to have windshield left on your car. Um, anyway, so I called him there and we talked about the Lord Jesus as we did on the plane. And Anyway, and then he called me last week and said he was in town. And so I drove up there to L.A. and spent five hours talking with him. And it was great. And we had, a, we had a wonderful time together. I got a picture of him smiling, which I kind of like, you know. So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, one of the rare things. You know. But uh, I don't know if you can see him or not. You know, see him? There he is. <laughs> smiling, you know. This is one of the rare times. Actually, I had to coach him. I said, smile, smile, you know, <laughs> because we, we were not having a smiling conversation. But anyway, he kept asking me, kept looking at me and asking me, so what happened to you? that convinced you about Jesus. You had some kind of experience. You were 19. That's why you believe what I can't, you didn't learn anything about Judaism. What makes you so sure? He kept asking that. What makes you so sure? All I could tell him is that without eyes, I saw God. Without eyes, I saw God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without God, without eyes, I continue to see God in Jesus. And when you see the Lord Jesus Christ, God comes in, religion goes out the window. And he kept saying to me, you saw God? He kept saying like that. You saw God? No one can see God and live. And I said, yes, without eyes, I saw God in Jesus. And I got eternal life when I did. Like Jacob, I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. So Jacob says something amazing here in verse 30, when he says, I've seen God face to face, life is preserved. I mean, first, he, you got to see here, Jacob is clearly saying, I have seen God face to face. There's no doubt what he's saying here. He said, I saw God directly. I'm not talking about anybody in between. I'm not talking about an intermediary. I saw him directly without anyone in between. Jacob, Jacob said that. He's not the only one in the Bible who said that. Who else in the Bible said, said he saw God, they saw God? Paul, yes, Paul. Thinking about the Old Testament. Moses, for sure. Who else? Yes, Clinton. Manoah, Manoah, right. Samson's father, absolutely. Who else? Abraham says, stood yet before the Lord. That's true. Who else? Adam saw God for sure. <laughs> Is that what you said, Bill? <laughs> right. All right, who else? Anybody else? Isaiah saw God. Isaiah saw God. Anybody else? Yes, Clinton. And who else in addition? Seventy elders. That's right. That's in Exodus 24, 9. It says, Then went up Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel. They saw the God of Israel. It says that clearly. It describes him. And then it says in verse 11, also they saw God. And in speaking about Moses in Deuteronomy 34, 10, it says there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses whom the Lord knew face to face. 
face to face. Manoah, Isaac, you're thinking about uh, the altar. Okay, Manoah, as you said, Clinton, it says, Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die. We've seen God. He, he didn't have a good, <laughs> he didn't think it was going to be a good output, you know, <laughs> outcome there. <laughs> He's talking about. All right, but, uh, but there was another one who said he saw God. You haven't mentioned him yet, Micaiah. Micaiah the prophet in 1 Kings twenty two nineteen, And he said, hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him. Isaiah the prophet, as you mentioned, Gene, in the year the king, Isaiah 6, 1, in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. Jacob sees God face to face. Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, 70 elders, Manoah, Hannah, Micaiah, Isaiah, they all saw God. They all saw God. But this raises a huge problem. This raises a huge problem. Because it clearly says, which was the rabbi was saying to me, in Exodus 33.20, Exodus 32.20, and he said, Thou canst not see my face, God speaking, for there shall no man see me and live. Huh? Paul said in 1 Timothy 6.16, speaking about God, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see. Huh? The Lord Jesus Christ said, in John 1.18, no man has seen God at any time. Huh? Paul said, uh, John, Apostle John said in 1 John 4.12, no man has seen God at any time. I don't get it. It's very clear no one can see God at any time and live. Yet Jacob said he saw God face to face. And 78 other people saw God. So what's the explanation? Manoah gives us the explanation when he explains in Judges 13, 8 through 9, Manoah entreated the Lord and said unto my, O my Lord, let the man of God, which you just send, come again to us. So he's calling him the man of God. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again unto the woman. And then it goes on in verse 21 to say, but the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah, and then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord, and then he said to his wife, we're going to die because we've seen God. So Manoah tells us that he saw this special man of God, then he understood he was an angel of God, and then he knew exactly this was God himself. This is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ said about himself. In John 14, 9, when he said, Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that's seen me has seen the Father. How saith thou then, show us the Father? John 1, 18, he said this, no man has seen God at any time, but then he went on. The only begotten which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him, or in the Greek word is unfolded him. So why is it that to see the Lord Jesus Christ is to see God? Because of what's stated in Colossians 1.15. He is the image of the invisible God. In Philippians 2.6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In Hebrews 1.3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image, the perfect image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. And John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, that's the Lord Jesus. The word was with God. The word was God.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E. Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Starting September 25th, join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. On opening day, September 25th, we'll have Phil's Barbecue with special guest musician Jim Earp. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher Tom Cantor in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship. <laughs> 